Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. This episode of Pardes from Jerusalem features Rabbi David Levin-Cruz. This Rosh Hashanah podcast is sponsored by Ricky and David Bernstein in memory of Ricky's parents, Beatrice and Murray Kirschblatt, Zichronam Livracha, each a sole survivor of large families which perished in the Shoah. If you're interested in downloading digital content or other podcasts for the High Holy Days, you can now find our podcasts on Spotify or by visiting elmod.pardes.org. Shana Tova, everybody. I'm very happy to be doing this podcast for two reasons. One is that I always enjoy doing Pardes podcasts, and especially to be able to do one for Rosh Hashanah is a great honor. And the other reason I'm excited to do this podcast is that it is being sponsored by Ricky and David Bernstein. David Bernstein, as many of you might know, is the Dean of Pardes, and I had the honor to be faculty, senior faculty and director of special programs at Pardes for 16 years. David was my boss, my mentor, my friend, my colleague. He really, really was a very, very supportive person, both professionally and personally. And so I'm very, very happy that he has chosen to sponsor this podcast. His wife, Ricky, I know less well. But what I do know is that any time I had a conversation with her, whether it be about work or whether it be about something personal, I always came out of it feeling enriched and enlightened. And I know that in her professional life, she too does work with trauma um, and does lots of things to help make the world a better place. And in fact, just by chance, the words that I'm going to share today about Rosh Hashanah um, speak in some way to aspects of both Ricky and David's life. So thank you to both of you for sponsoring this podcast and for what you do for Pardes. One thing that David and I were different about is in sports. David enjoys his weekly basketball game. Um, I now no longer work at Pardes full-time. I'm a very proud adjunct faculty member. I'm telling you this because it's relevant to what I'm going to be saying today. But I do remember when I was at Pardes full-time that David um, had his weekly basketball game. And I know that he enjoyed sports very, very much. Somehow I was born without that gene. I do try and exercise regularly, but I have no interest in either playing sports or following sports. And therefore, nothing was more surprising to me in my present job to find myself in the middle of a very, very difficult obstacle course, which involved climbing ropes on a shaky bridge in the middle of the air in a camp in Hungary, called Sarvash. Um, I managed to do it. I have to manage to do it. And I will tell you that I was probably a little prouder of myself for having managed to do this obstacle course. It was in the air and it was high. I was probably more proud, more proud of doing this obstacle course than the exercise warranted. And if I was completely honest, I was probably a little bit more frightened than the exercise warranted. I was really, really scared when I was up in the air and nervous about falling down. A few days later, I was in the singing room of the same camp and I felt deflated because I saw up in front of me the words of the popular camp song, Kol Haolam Kulo. I'm sure many of us know it. Kol Haolam Kulo, 
The whole world is a very narrow bridge, and what is important is not to fear at all. Not to fear at all? Did my fear, this frightening feeling that I had when I was doing the obstacle course, did it invalidate my crossing of the bridge? Was I supposed to have such faith that I was not scared at all? And as I sat in the singing room, I remember that the words that we sing are not the actual words of the Hasidic leader, Rabbi Nachman ben Bratzav. He didn't actually say the words the way we sing it in the song. What he said, and you can see this in your source sheet, he says, Veda, she'adam tzarich lavor al geshe tzar mo'od mo'od, ve'aklal ve'aikar she'lo yitfached klal. No, that a person needs to pass over a very narrow, very, very narrow bridge. And the general principle and the basic principle, lo yitfached klal, doesn't mean not to be frightened. It means not to become uh, over, f- f- overcome with fear, not to become a frightened person, not to let the fear take over. And if we think of it as not that one shouldn't be frightened, but that one shouldn't be ruled by fear, this makes a lot of sense. Because fear has a role to play in our lives. It's part of being co- human. It's good to be cautious. Being cautious very often stops us doing stupid things. And it's helpful. Evolutionary is really, really needed. What is the problem? The problem is when we use our fe- when our fear is allowed to immobilize us, when we get paralyzed by fear, when we yield to it. Reb Nachman is not telling us not to fear. What Reb Nachman is telling us is that we should try and overcome fear. And I think this resonates with a lot of us um, at the moment. We've had quite the year in terms of Corona. And I think, I don't want to speak for other people, but I think all of us at some way have feeling, feeling scared, anxious, nervous, lacking in hope and optimism. And the question is, how do we do? It's easy for Rav Nachman to tell us to do this. But how do we do it? How do we um, how do we um, deal with our fear? And I think we can get an answer from another narrow bridge, which is spoken about in the um, prayer that we sing on Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippur on Etanet Tokef, very very famous prayer, where we read that God decides who gets written in the book of life. And who gets written in the book of death? It's a very fearful prayer. It's very dramatic. And we see all of humanity passing before God for judgment one by one, just as if on a narrow bridge. And the prayer tells us that we pass before God, Kivne Maron, which is based on a statement in the Mishnah, in Rosh Hashanah, chapter 1, verse 2, Rosh Hashanah, Called by a olam ovrin lefanav kivnei maron. On Rosh Hashanah, all the creatures of the world pass before God kivnei maron. And in Rosh Hashanah 18a, in the Talmud, it gives three translations of kivnei maron. 
each one of which has a lesson for us, a teaching, a secret, a revelation for us on how to maintain a sense of stoicism or calm even when things are very, very difficult. The first statement that the Gemara says is in here in Babylon, they translate like Kivnei Maron as like Bnei Imrana. And what does Bnei Imrana mean? It means like sheep who are counted. Sheep, at least in the popular version of what we think about, sheep follow each other. They do the same as um, each other. They want to all be part of the same group. When they run out of the group, they are pushed back to the group. And I think there's something about conformity, about doing things the same as everybody else, whether it is we live in the neighborhood with people who are similar to us, whether we follow a similar religion or customs. There's a certain security that sameness gives us. I know sometimes when I try and suggest to do a ritual in a different way or in a more exciting way, even people who are not particularly observant get upset about it. They say, no, we like to do it the regular way. Rituals give rhythm to our lives. Mitzvot give tetra to the everyday. There are values that have stood the test of time. So one way I think that we maintain our calm is by focusing on the familiar, focusing on what we used to, whether it be routines or rituals or whatever the case might be. A second statement about what Kivnei Maron is, is Resh Lakish says, it's like ascending Mount Maron. And in another part of the Gemara, in Sanhedrin 32b, it tells us that Bnei Maron was a narrow path that two camels cannot pass each other going up and down. In other words, one file only. If two camels, or in our parlance, two cars, were to come to each other, in front of each other, only one could go up at the same time. It's a symbol of rising higher, but by oneself. And for me, it is a metaphor for working on oneself, for trying to become a better person, to building up a muscle that becomes stronger and stronger. This is the part that works on ourself. It may be therapy. It may be taking up a new sport. It could be taking on religious observances. It could be um, taking on a new hobby or reading or taking a class. But it's something we work on ourselves. And I often find in terms of creating a sense of stoicism and calm, it doesn't matter if it's even connected to the thing. It doesn't mean that we do corona-related things. But somehow working on oneself, becoming a better person, takes one's mind off things and also reminds one that we are wonderful individuals with wonderful powers. I can learn to speak a new language. I can handle what is happening. So we have the comfort of the familiar. We have the challenge of working on ourselves. And finally, Rav Yehuda says in the name of Rav of Shmuel, like troops of the house of David, that Kivnei Maron means like soldiers that are counted in the army. And these are not any other so, any soldiers. These are not stum soldiers. These are soldiers of the house of David. And again, at least the way Jewish tradition 
looks at it, history might be different. David's soldiers are soldiers who are not just fighting to win wars, but for values to create a better world. And in our parlance, that would be doing things for others, perhaps getting politically involved, trying to create and make the world a better place. These are things that are good, obviously, in and of themselves. We should be doing them because they're good things to do. But at the same time, getting out of ourselves, doing things for others, trying to improve the situation can again, ironically, help us to also cope better ourselves. We're not just sitting around waiting for bad things to happen, but are actively doing something. And so we have three ideas. Like sheep, keeping to the secure and the familiar. Like ascending Mount Maron to go for self-improvement and to feel empowered personally. And like the troops of the house of David, helping each others so we can act on the world and not just react. If we do all these three things, I do believe that they can help us weather what we are going through and what we still have to go through. I hope people will think of this when they hear the shofar, this Rosh Hashanah. You know, one of the reasons we blow a shofar is because of the ram that was sacrificed instead of Isaac. And that is another narrow bridge. Can you imagine what it must have felt to be Abraham and Isaac going up? It's not clear whether Isaac knew, but Abraham knew and Isaac probably knew something was going to, was going to happen. That was another narrow bridge. This year, when we hear the shofar, Let's answer it back and say, yes, the whole world is a narrow bridge. Let's feel the fear and cross the bridge anyway. Shana Tova. Thank you again for downloading this podcast, a production of the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you download your podcast today. Be sure to visit us on Spotify, where you can subscribe to any of our other podcast channels, or visit us at elmod.pardes.org. Thanks for listening.